0: Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. It is almost surreal. To think two things one we are almost done this is it I think this I think I think this is the last podcast in the Romans 6 7 and 8 series it's like no it's surreal so it really is it feels odd it feels strange I almost feel sad because we'll I'll talk about why here in just a moment The other surreal thing is we've been in Romans 6, 7, and 8 since March. (laughs) That's seven, it's almost eight months, seven, eight months that we have been in three chapters. (laughs) I, you know, it's, there's a running joke in the church. If you are part of Firmer's Chapel, you know it. If you attend Bible study, so I'm, I'm taping this podcast after Bible study on a Wednesday evening. And I only had one page. One page of notes. Only four headings and one page. And, and I said, obviously tongue-in-cheek, it's going to be a short night. <laughs> and of course, everybody there thought, yeah, right. And they even said, yeah, that doesn't mean a thing. We we're there an hour and a half. And and it would just kind of felt like we had to close and we could have gone on and on a whole lot longer. So I know there's a running joke about length of Bible studies and length of sermons. I've had, I've been blessed. I've been able to preach a two hour sermon a couple of times. Both of them, I think I remember under the tent when we had a tent event here in Corden, Indiana, I one time I hit right at 155 and I didn't try, but it was right the next, I think the very next night, it was right at 158, hour and 58 minutes. So again, all I'm saying is um, I can talk a long time about the Bible, about, about Jesus, about the power of the Holy Spirit, about the love of the Father. I can talk a long time. So here we are. I really didn't have a clue. I didn't have an idea, you know. I, I don't even. I honestly don't even know what we're doing next week yet. So I'll be praying, uh, the person and power podcast. Amen. So we'll be praying, and the person of the Holy Spirit will lead. Will lead us into the next uh, series or whatever that might look like for the podcast, and it will be by His power, person and power. But I have no clue what's next week, and I tried. I really have tried to break these two up, these two last verses of Romans 8, but you just can't. It literally feels like this, I don't know, it's almost like I've been really working on it for a couple of weeks now, thinking about it, praying about it. Last week, a slight interruption as Pam, my wife, was my special guest on the podcast for Israel. And please continue to pray for all of Israel. And that means all of the people there, the Palestinians, the the, the Israelis, the Christians, the Muslims, the 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 uh, the Jewish people, everybody, everybody, everybody. Um, but as we took that slight break, even praying about this podcast, I thought, well, I bet you I could you know I could break it up into two or three and even like thinking of stories to tell, I just almost felt if I can explain it, it almost felt unholy. To mess with these two verses. There's just such a climax here. There's such a there's a building and a building and a building and a building, obviously for (laughs) seven months, you know, because I really do believe Romans 6, 7, and 8 are the the, I I just get a sense of Paul being so anointed under the unction of the Holy Spirit. That's a good old-fashioned word, unction, under the anointing, the power of God. Where six, seven, and eight just Rolled off of his fingertips. It just, just rolled because, uh, from, from, from quill to parchment, he just, it just kind of rolled because of this incredible anointing, this incredible anointed feeling you get when you read this. And, and again, I've read these three chapters for thousands of times, probably. As I've told you before, if I was ever in prison for my faith, or deserted on an island, or whatever the case may be. If I could have one piece of paper that represented the Bible, one piece of paper, front and back, it would be Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans 8. It would be these three chapters. Because I think it just tells the whole story of, of, again, going back to Romans 6. Sin. Sin is dead. It's the problem, but it's dead. Romans 7, we still struggle. There's still a battle with sin. There's still a battle with, with sin's effect. And then Romans 8 incredible, powerful chapter about the power of the Holy Spirit, the life-giving, life-freeing power of the Holy Spirit, the life-raising, come on, the life-raising power of the Holy Spirit. So again, I don't know what's next. It's surreal to come to an end tonight uh, or whenever, however you, whenever you listen to this, uh, on uh, whether it's Friday or Saturday or whenever. Um, But it is surreal to think we've spent 7 months in 3 chapters and yet at the same time why wouldn't we do that come on friends why wouldn't we spend as much time as we possibly could diving in delving in i mean just just powering through grinding through every word every word we could every and you know we've left a lot on the table we 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 have we've we could explore one of the things that just uh, completely overwhelmed and enamored me about seminary. My first class, or my first semester, I took a class called IBS. Nope, not Irritable Bowel Syndrome. <laughs> IBS, inductive, inductive Bible Study. Now, IBS can cause IBS, but Inductive Bible Study was this class that was crazy. Uh, I'd never, I mean, I'm a brand new Christian anyway, but I'd never even thought about this, but it made sense. We were not allowed to use commentaries or uh, of any kind. We were not allowed to use any kind of devotional commentaries. We were charged with a task of letting the Bible interpret the Bible. We could use Greek and English. We could use Greek and and, and Hebrew. We could go into the deep word study, but the idea of inductive Bible study is uh, each word matters. Each word matters within the phrase. Each phrase matters. Each phrase matters within the sentence. Each sentence matters, and each sentence matters within the paragraph. Each paragraph matters. And each paragraph matters within the section of the letter, and each section of the letter uh, matters within the whole of the, 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 the letter, and then each letter matters with within the whole of letter the context of the whole bible. And so you would, you would just really go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper like the proverbial peeling of an onion. So that's I think what we've done here. And so we've got two verses left. And as hard as I tried uh, not maybe not listening very well to the holy spirit, but I thought, you know, we just, you know, there's two more verses, we could come on, we could do four more podcasts with two verses, right? But I really felt like that uh the more and more it just it, it it's like the This climax I was talking about, it feels majestic, doesn't it? It feels like you're climbing to the top of a mountain. You've been climbing for, well, seven months. And when you get to the top of this mountain, the view is like speech. It leaves you speechless. The view from this mountain, seven months of climbing and sweat and toil. And you get to the top of it. And honestly, you don't want anyone around you talking. You don't want to talk. You just want to gaze and try to take in the the panoramic view of what you've earned. You've earned this. You've earned this, and I think we've earned these two verses together Romans eight thirty eight and thirty nine. So what we'll do? No story tonight, as far as uh, unless the Lord leads, there might be a couple of stories woven in to the the two verses. But I think we just want to just embrace the words and embrace the heart of Paul's. It's almost like this this, this incredible, and, and there's a significant break in this letter. Again, you know the letters, are, I think you know, right, that letters weren't written necessarily in chapters. Uh, that's not how letters were written. Uh, certainly not how letters were written uh, on, on scrolls at the time. But this, verse 8, stops and verse 9 is a a real different take it's a it's a it's a left it's a it's a boom it's a pretty wide turn uh, it's still connected but there's a real wide turn in Romans 9 10 and 11 verses 6 7 and 8 now 6 7 and 8 set up 9 10 and 11 again as as they all would and should under the again the power the unction, the anointing of the holy spirit each word you know uh, inspired by, by the living spirit. So, but this does seem to climax this, this real thought of sin is real, but sin is dead. Don't let sin reign in your body, in your life, Romans 6. Sin is real, sin is dead, but sin does help you play this horrible game of seesaw sometimes, right? Uh, teeter-totter, back and forth. I want to do what I don't want to do. Um, I don't want to do what I do want to do. I do what I don't want to do, all that and then of course Romans 8 promise after promise after promise after promise tied in with the holy spirit. So here we here it is. I want to read it in full, the two verses, and then we'll go back and we'll we'll just we'll we'll, we'll look at it and we'll see how the holy spirit leads us. Amen. Here we go. Paul finishing this incredible letter, uh, incredible section of the letter. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us. From God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. We'll come back to that for sure. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Come on, verse 39 No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing. In all creation, listen to those all-encompassing words, nothing in all creation will ever, look at that one too, be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Just breathe that air. Breathe the holy rare air. This rarefied, holified, sanctified air of these two verses. Wow. So Paul has brought us to this moment. This word "convinced" in verse thirty-eight. Um, interesting word in the Greek. Uh, it kind of has a—I uh, wouldn't say a double meaning, but it does have kind of two meanings, if you will. Um, uh, pitho, pitho, is—is is, it's p i p e i t h o pitho, and the first one. First definition is to be persuaded of what is trustworthy. All right, so that's the first definition of this Greek word to be persuaded of that which is trustworthy. So if you want to exchange that in that verse 38, and I am persuaded of that which is trustworthy, that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. Okay, so I'm persuaded. So that's good. But I like the second definition just as well. Listen, the second definition confident and convinced, without a doubt, putting all my hope into the truth of that confidence. So, confidence, right? Confidence and having confidence, convinced, putting all my hope into the truth. That's a little different than being persuaded. You can be persuaded in something and still not be confident, I think. You could be persuaded 51%, right? Yeah, okay, you know, debate, argument, having a discussion. Yeah, I guess, you know, I'm I could be persuaded to go somewhere, I could be persuaded to uh, try this restaurant. I could be persuaded. This is convinced. I am persuaded that this is trustworthy. First, I think the first work of the Holy Spirit in this In this context, the first work of the Holy Spirit is to persuade us that regardless of what could try to separate us, remember the last part of Romans 8, look at all those rhetorical questions from Paul. What should we say about wonderful things like this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Right? And then who dares accuse us when God has chosen us for his own? Right? Who then can condemn us? Right? And then can anything ever separate us? right? No, we're more than conquerors, right? And so all these rhetorical questions. And so being persuaded is different than being convinced, isn't it? I think it is. I really do. Now, but you put them both together. I am persuaded that what I have put my trust in, I am now convinced. I'm confident that all my hope belongs right there. So I was persuaded by the Holy Spirit. And now I'm convinced without a doubt, all my hope, is placed in that which I now believe is completely and utterly trustworthy. And that's the hope, isn't it? That nothing can, can nothing can separate us. Nothing can ever separate us. Nothing can separate us from God's love. But let's be I really like the list that Paul goes into. So neither death nor life. You know, um, there's a real there's a real fear. I think even as Christians there's a real fear about death. I mean, I don't fear I've said this before, I don't think I fear dying. I do, I'm not real fond of the process of dying. (laughs) You know, Uh, I really am not. I'm 59 years old, I think I have a ways to go. But I I don't even like to think about, as I've gotten older, and as a pastor for 26 years, it it does, I'll I'll be honest, I'll be transparent, it weighs on me. Um, When I hear people close to my age even, or people I've been ministering to and pastoring and, and, and just serving the Lord with for years, have cancer. Or have a debilitating disease, or the, the, whatever it might be, the, the the prognosis is not good. It it saddens me, and I feel I almost like I kind of feel that now. It, it had been where you know, okay, I go into pastor mode. I'm going to pray with you. I'm we're going to be okay. But now I start feeling it a little bit. There's a little bit more of like, oh, you know. And so I think because you know you're you start facing your mortality, I think f- death can be scary, even for Christians. I I just want to give you permission if you you need it for me, but you can be scared of of death. That doesn't mean you have no faith. That's silly. But you know what he says here? Neither death nor life. You know what can be more scary than death? (laughs) Yeah, life. Aye, aye, aye. It just seems like life has gotten harder. I don't know. And maybe it's just because we've gotten older. At least I've gotten older. But I wonder... Sometimes it just feels like life can be scary, right? So death and life together can somehow, maybe, if we're not careful, convince us that God doesn't love us. Somehow or another, we're separate from God's love. You know, I'm dying. How, how Does God love me? Here I am, I'm in the middle of life, but life is hard and life is a mess. How can God love me? Right? But we're supposed to be persuaded. Say, Persuaded. We're supposed to be confident. Say confident that all of our hope is in this one thing, God's love. He, we cannot be separated from it. He goes on. Neither angels nor demons. He's talking about the supernatural, right? Supernatural and angels, you know, heaven and demons are, of course, fallen angels. Um, hell, heaven and hell, but there's supernatural. The supernatural powers cannot separate us. I, and I think there's a real. Under, there's a real. I've seen it here lately, and of course we're in the season of Halloween, you know. But the supernatural always gets a a, an uptick, you know, of attention here during this month. Uh, And but even the last few years, I've seen our culture become more and more enamored again, or um, fascinated, maybe dabble. That's a good word, dabble with the supernatural. That's that's not a good thing. But but there is a real supernatural world. There there has to be right Uh, without. I mean, there's just there's no point in faith if there's no supernatural. There's no point in prayer. I can end the podcast right now if there's no supernatural. But I think sometimes the supernatural can, you know, when we think about uh, angels and demons and we 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 understand the the real reality of spiritual warfare. Sometimes can't that kind of tend to separate us almost from God if we're not careful? But then this is the biggie. I told you we'd come back to it. But this is the biggie, isn't it? Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Wow. I'm convinced, I really am. Um, I've kind of taken an informal poll with our church over the last few, off and on the last few months. What do you think is the number one prayer need of your life and others around you? What do you think it is? Healing of cancer, financial blessing, relational restoration? Those are all important. But how about peace of mind and peace of heart? Yeah. You know what the opposite of peace of mind and peace of heart? Um, What's the opposite of, of those? Fear of today and worry about tomorrow. And let's be honest, sometimes those fears can be real. And boy, they just get, we understand the statistics like 87%, I don't remember the I think it's 88 87%, 85% of everything we've feared does not come to pass. But man, it just sucks us dry doesn't it when we do kind of give our way give 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 ear and give heart and give mind to fears. But then those worries about tomorrow um, yeah, I mean I one of my I've got 5,000 favorite hymns, but one of my favorite hymns is um, I know who holds tomorrow, you know. Uh, I don't know about tomorrow. Uh, I, I, I I don't know, but I know who holds my hand and uh, I know who holds tomorrow. So I don't have to worry. Uh, that's easier said than done, of course. But, but don't fears, if we're honest, can't fears and worries tend to separate us, right? And then not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Now, this one's a tricky one. Because if you're in hell, you've already been separated from God's love. Not that He wanted that, but you wanted that somehow. Somehow, we when when if, if whoever's in hell chose not to embrace God's love, not to embrace the sacrifice of Christ, not to be, um, you know, not not to, to reject the, the the wooing and the convicting of the Holy Spirit. So so you're already separated. But here, talking to the Christians, talking to church we don't have any fear of the powers of hell the powers of hell cannot so all of satan's schemes all of satan's devices all of his trickery all of his deception cannot separate us from the one true thing that we are to be persuaded in and we are to be convinced about and confident confident and that is the love of god so not even the powers of hell and he goes on I love it and he just it's almost like this um you know this secondary um uh, explanation this this I, I just want to kind of fold it i think of this folding this there's this fold and then there's another fold and so this the second fold of this this in verse 39 no power in the sky above now in that day you know there were uh, they had thousands of gods and birds sometimes uh, had certain powers uh sky This uh, clouds, stars, sun, storms, lightning, there's all kinds of powers in the sky and they came from different gods. So there is a reference here in in the Roman culture that nothing you see in the sky or in the earth below, meaning, um, you know, they they believe that, you know, wherever there are certain gods that lived up in the heavens, there were certain gods who lived uh, in the core of the earth, okay? and, and so there were gods all around us. And, and those gods could be vindictive. Those gods could be unpredictable. And so, again, so there is no power. No God, no power. Nothing in the sky above. Nothing in the earth below. Indeed, and I love how he ends this, nothing in all creation. Who created creation? Yep. Genesis 1.1 1, 1. In the beginning God created. So, there's nothing in all creation. Why? Because everything in creation is under the Creator. Nothing in all creation can ever separate us from the love of God because everything in creation is under the Creator. And the Creator, if He says He loves you, He loves you. If the Creator God says, I will love you forever, with a endless love, I have loved you forever, I will love you forever, I want to lavish my love on you, if he says that, and he's the creator, then nothing in all creation can ever separate you from that love. Make sense? Because everything in creation is under the creator. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. This word revealed means to be on display. And we know on that cross, nothing, nothing else speaks, nothing else screams of love, nothing else just echoes love than the cross of Jesus Christ. We know that as believers. Nothing else then what we witnessed and what we saw and what has been revealed on the cross of Christ can ever come close. Nothing can come close to matching that kind of love. Nothing. My friends, um, thank you for journeying with me through Romans 6, 7, and 8. Next week, we will continue the podcast with something. Not sure yet. We'll pray. But for now, be persuaded. Be convinced be confident nothing can ever separate you from the love of god that has been revealed in christ jesus your lord pastor tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the joshua center a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of god he's also the senior pastor of firmer's chapel a country church by a creek reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.